0: Welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with Lucy and Saul, two head gardeners in Essex and Devon.
1: In light of the coronavirus crisis we are living in and the drastic changes in horticulture happening up and down the UK, we both realise that bringing a regular glimpse into the gardens we look after might bring a little joy and interest.
0: So for the foreseeable future, Talking Heads will now be a shorter podcast where Lucy and I bring you snippets of our daily lives in our gardens as spring unfurls. We'll also bring you news of gardens and gardeners, nurseries and nursery folk throughout the UK.
1: So sit back, take a few minutes out of your day and tune into a small dose of our gardening lives.
0: Lucy, I'm guessing you're going to be a, quite a happy girl today.
1: It's uh, been raining. It has been raining. And I do have to personally thank you, Saul, because I know that you sent it your way from the West Country. Uh, you did a special dance. I, we, we did discuss on Twitter what the dance might be. I don't know what you chose in the end, but whatever you did, keep on doing it because we have had today. Well, we initially we had three mil and then it stopped. And I was like, oh, what on earth is that? There's nothing, just enough to... That lovely smell you get. The petrichor is the proper word for it. We got, mm, we got that, uh, but not much more. And then it started up again. And we had 15 mil today. So that, to me, is a decent rain. I know that on our soil, if I can get 20 mils on it every fortnight, we're okay. So that's a beautiful start.
0: Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I know for you, you're far drier than we are down here. But even down here, we've had a really dry start to uh the spring period i know we've had we've had we had a bit of rain about two weeks ago but today solid uh well two solid patches of rain and a bit of drizzle but uh the cracks are sealing in in the veg garden which i'm 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 mighty happy of so i don't have to drag the sprinklers around because if there's one thing i don't need in the current (laughs) situation it's that kind of adding more work to my workload i know which is which is which is quite nice, and I think we have got more rain coming this week. Yeah, so fingers crossed. It's brilliant. It'll, uh, it'll just add to the uh, the field capacity. I think is the official scientific.
1: <laughs> well, do you know what? Also, I am I'm feeling a teensy tinsy bit smug because, and I don't mean to, but. You know, we, we, cause we thought the rain was coming because we'd, we'd checked actually the local weather forecast on three or four different locations and the clouds were in all of them. So I was like, right, this is definitely going to come. So we did a couple of things at home. We have been, um, clearing out the bottom of our own garden and, um, there's an area that we are eventually going to turf in the autumn, but we cleared it, uh, in the last few days and. We've been wanting to do something with that area of the garden until the autumn. And we thought, why don't we sow a wild meadow? So last night, that's what we did. And hey, presto, it's all been raining beautifully. So that's fantastic. And then today at the hall, Ian, my husband, has been laying down lawn fertilizer all over The front lawns, the side lawns, the paddocks, the green yard, um, the orchard area, everything. And it's been rained in. So we've been been desperate to put fertiliser down on the lawn, but didn't want to in case it scorched anything. We've done it and, yeah, work to treat.
0: Oh, so you're a professional, Lucy. That's just what professionals (laughs) would do. And actually, it's a really good point because when you do have rain showers like this, Uh, Proceeding a a quite dry period, now is a good time to get a few of those kind of jobs done. Um, One of the other things you should really watch out for is slugs and snails, because they've all been hiding away for a good four or five weeks, just trying to uh, avoid getting desiccated. And uh, as soon as the first rain appears, you can guarantee that there will be a horde of slugs and snails around. So if you've got anything that is uh, slightly... um, slug unproof let 's call them that then it 's worth going out uh, and choosing and getting your chosen slug control down or or going out with a head torch at night and just trying to pick them off those uh, those those uh, more tenderest ve- uh, vegetables and plants
1: I know all that lovely lush growth that 's come forth on the herbaceous borders and in the veggie garden. I did see a rather big snail tonight on there when I went down the garden to shut the greenhouse up, so yeah they are out and about they,
0: there will be uh, they 'll be roving the beds looking for tasty morsels to eat um so i think what we we're going to do to chat tonight because uh, i know you've got a little story about what's been happening at your garden uh, especially yesterday uh, to do with these garden uh, sorry not the garden's the plants you're selling for charity well
1: yes yeah so if anyone has been looking at me on twitter um in the last month or so you might have picked up that i've been propagating as many not just vegetable plants, but predominantly vegetable plants, but as many plants as I possibly can. Um, and I I think I mentioned it in an early podcast as well. I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be able to sell the plants. I wasn't sure what was going to happen during lockdown, our movements, whether we could actually even feasibly think about such a thing. And I, but I thought, well, no, I'm going to propagate. I'm going to get these seeds out of the packet and see, hope that the future means that we can actually make this work legitimately and safely. So on Saturday I spent a lot of time labelling my plants up and then on Sunday um, I got them all crated up, all the plants I was ready to sell and um, I put them on our village Facebook page. I sort of listed what I'd got and explained to I mean, people knew I was going to be doing this, so there was a. Luckily, I had a, a sort of a, a really eager audience ready to to pounce as soon as I put the list up, and I said, "Look, please put your orders on the Facebook page, and then I will put them aside, and you can come and collect them whenever you like." Uh, so I've been doing this for. Um, There's a couple of charities in our village. We've got a village newsletter called News and Views and the funding has run out for that. And I wanted to, it's a really lovely newsletter and it's very useful for people who maybe don't have internet access too much. And we've got an elderly population in the village who and I do know a proportion of them aren't really on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. They like this newsletter. It's a lifeline for them. So I wanted to raise some money for that. And also uh, there's a charity called Colchester and Ipswich Hospitals Charity, which is... Very special to me because they treated Ian, my husband, for his, uh, he had a a stage three melanoma uh, last year, which was all a bit of a shock and rather um, a frightening time. But he's had his year of immunotherapy now and he's cancer free, which is really, really good. So we wanted to raise money for the Collingwood Centre, which is based at Culture General Hospital. And so, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. And uh, do you know what? It I'm exhausted, but it worked a, a treat. It really, really worked very well. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I had little envelopes for people to put their money in and they put it through our front door so we didn't have to meet people. They ordered, I could say, on Facebook. I put the order together, put it out the front. We, you know, there was no physical interaction as such. So, um, and I... Sh- I know the plants were about £70 worth and we raised £140 in this first batch. So I will be doing more sales throughout the summer. And uh, yeah, it just worked really, really well. So I was so chuffed that we stuck with it and tried to work out a system that was within the guidelines. So well, That's
0: brilliant. And, you know, congratulations, because I think that's really a, a great way of using this time where we are and i know lots of us are, are stuck at home and just trying to make a bit of a positive and i know that the charities involved will be really really gracious for you doing that and you know and i think yeah i hope so and, and, and i think i think it's fantastic and it, and when you were telling me about it yesterday i was just thinking at how intrinsic uh, or uh, there's a synchronicity between gardening and our gardens and charity in general because when I started thinking about how many different charitable things uh, we do in gardening, um, I started coming up with loads of different schemes uh, from the small end, the small scale like yours, well up to the like the very big charities. So I thought we just we just have a chat about some of them. So the the one I'd like to illustrate is um, probably one of the biggest in terms of the number of gardens involved, and that's the National Garden Scheme. I'm sure most people Mm. listening to this podcast will have uh, an inkling towards what I'm talking about with the National Garden Scheme. But in essence, it's a national charity where private owners of gardens and some of the public gardens as well open their gardens either for uh, a one open day or uh, for appointment-only groups or individuals coming in. And they basically charge a small fee. And all that fee goes to the National Garden Scheme and then they um, divide it uh, up, all the collectings they take. And they give it to certain charities like Macmillan. Um, I think there's some smaller ones as well. I know Perennial's involved. But I was just thinking, that's just a fantastic way of using private gardens and i know a lot of people I, I know it works in both ways and obviously the national Guard scheme make a lot of money for charities but also people get to open their gardens and get the the joy and the satisfaction of people coming to visit um i know that we at stonelands we recently um opened for the ngs um by appointment only we had groups and i th- Looked at the figures yesterday, just to see how much money we'd made individually, and we've made about three thousand five hundred pounds, which I think is a oh, well done. Yeah, it's a fantastic and just to think all mm. I've been doing is taking people around to look at the garden, and then all that money goes to the national Guard scheme and i and I think they make something they make something like twenty between twenty and thirty million pounds every year that then goes to these mm. charities so that's a fantastic use uh, of yeah. gardens. Just in purely uh, uh, an entertainment sort of way. Yeah,
1: I mean, like you say, in a in a a normal year, I would have grabbed my uh, what's fondly called the the yellow book pamphlet of gardens open in Essex, and I would have uh, with Ian because he doesn't mind. He likes the cake. To be fair, if he'll go anywhere for a bit of cake, good man, good man. We go round and look at these gardens and. As you say there, it's a lovely, lovely experience because you see lots of like-minded folk. The the garden owners, you can tell, they're like little hummingbirds. They're rushing around the garden, so excited. Um, and it's just a very, very pleasant experience. But I, I do know that this year, obviously, charities such as these have been really hit with the pandemic. And the, what they're they're trying to do is to still reach out to people to make donations to them, but in a in a virtual way. So for example, if you go to the NGS website at the moment, which I did the other day, I looked and they've got these really enjoyable tours of some of the key ngs gardens and also they're doing master classes by the the garden garden owners there, talking about say sowing sweet peas or um, training particular plants uh, and then if you want it's not aggressive at all if you want to you can then make a donation it's not obligatory at all and i i do feel that that um you know if you if you can because you know bear in mind that normally we would go to a garden and we'd be very happy to t- donate those two three pounds and buy a bit of cake eat the cake it's a very you know reciprocal deal there and it's not so reciprocal this year but at the same time i think if we can stretch to um you know thanking these people for putting time into making virtual tours and master classes by donating to the charities it really really will help them
0: no no absolutely and um i was thinking on the other end charity wise there's actually also those charities that are intrinsically helping gardening um or groups as it was so the two Charities I was thinking of, uh, there's Perennial and then there's Thrive. So um, Perennial, which is uh, quite a dear charity to, to me because I used to get involved or they used to build a garden... Or uh, in the uh, floral marquee at Chelsea, Uh, so I got to know them quite well. Perennial are a charity that that, they used to be called the Benevolent Fund for Gardeners. So in essence, they're a charity out there for to help gardeners that have fallen on hard times. Obviously, very very um, uh, of immediate uh, in the current crisis. Uh, and they have a, a great sort of helpline where you can just phone up uh, if you're in the horticultural trade and they'll give you anything from advice of how to get through certain situations to whether uh, giving out small grants of money to help you uh, tide over in hard times. So in some ways, that they are sometimes a bit of a forgotten charity because although uh, they're intrinsically into horticulture, they don't do any gardening themselves. But I really think that it, you should go and check it out. Uh, and hopefully, if you've got some time, uh, you can give them some money. Or, or again, the NGS support them as part of their scheme. So if you're giving money to the NGS, you will automatically be giving money to them. The other charity uh, that I have had some connections with the past is Thrive Uh, and Thrive is uh, a great charity that gets um, uh, individuals who are either uh, disabled in some way, have learning difficulties, mental health difficulties um, or social difficulties and uh, try to get them uh, rehabilitated or, or just get them involved in gardening just to help them and they have multiple different sites all around the UK where they invite uh, these uh, individuals or groups in and they use horse culture as a therapy everyone's been uh, I think recently finding that gardening is incredibly good for your mental health. I think you and me have known this for, well, gardeners <laughs> in general have known this for quite a long time. Yeah,
1: have this the is, secrets out now. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is no surprise to either, a, a, anyone who's been gardening for a long time that just an hour or two in your garden can relieve most stresses In in my book. Uh, but obviously, Thrive use that, uh, uh, you know, in professional therapy. So I think they're they are a really fantastic charity as well. If you uh, are ever thinking of donating some money,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think, like you say, there's um, there is a plethora of very, very good causes, and I have been um, looking online. I get lots of e-shots because um, I'm signed up to to various um, newsletters about how people are. Under this pandemic situation, they're thinking of slightly different ways to raise money because, as I said, I, that's, I think that's the most important thing we need to try to convey today is that you know these these charities still need that money, um, and we we need to um, not expect so much in return because obviously we're we're limited at the moment with what we can do. But what is being done, for example, is quiz nights, virtual quiz nights. So I've noticed if a couple of those. Um, Perrywood at Sudbury. Uh, held a, a quiz night a little while ago for um, for charitable causes, and there's also now um, much more activity on things like Instagram and Facebook, where uh, experts are being interviewed and are, and having Q and A sessions uh, in the hope that again, you know, d- donations will be made to because people are enjoying the experience. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely are some confines that are uh, must be causing frustration to these charitable causes this year but it's interesting again you know we've mentioned before that if possible people try to you know assess what limitations the pandemic is giving us and then they go away and think about it for a bit and then they'll come up with a plan we we like to solve these problems and do what we can to um to try to come up with a, a solution that's that's workable so so do you know, if you if you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of these social media platforms, uh, do keep looking out for these new ventures because I think, you know, it, it, these these sorts of like you know chats about um, with experts and and um, um, sort of open open nights where you can just literally sort of click on and, and ask a question to someone. They're they're quite a new concept and they do need people to get involved in them. They need a, a good audience to make them successful. Otherwise. Um, the interaction is limited, and it, you, people are nervous about maybe repeating the process but honestly, please do support these as much as you possibly can uh, we've all got time on our hands in a minute, which can be you know if you' if you're sat there just scrolling through your Twitter feed or whatever it, just look out for the these um, these events that that are taking place and and do participate in them because it will mean the world to to people just to know that they've been successful because they're reaching a, a good audience even if you you know if the donations aren't there I think trying to reach out as best we can is definitely to be applauded yeah
0: and I, and I think if you're new to gardening and and you've just found this podcast and you're thinking uh, i'd love to get involved in gardening there's so many um different charities uh, from the biggest charity of all which is the royal horticultural society they are a charity into themselves to some of the smaller more local uh, garden clubs and societies which are all run on charitable means that you can really get involved in and all of those things will just enhance um how you think about your own garden and how you think about your gardening and it feeds all back into what we were saying about networking right back up in our first ever podcast um Lots of these charities are uh, run by individuals who are so passionate about gardening and about horticulture and getting people involved that they would love to have new blood and new people coming in to help the charity or just to understand more about how they uh, influence uh, how we garden or how we use horticulture uh, in our own lives. So if you are new, definitely get involved, look them up. and, And if you can... You know, try and spare them a little bit of cash just to to make sure that their cash flow is still running.
1: Yeah, and just to add as well, people like us who have maybe a, a bit of a profile in the industry, um, you know, I'm now ambassador for the Cultures Nipswitch Hospitals Charity, and by being ambassador, you you are you have some leverage. You can you can persuade people to maybe you know open their gardens themselves next year, which hopefully will be happening. You can you can persuade people to 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 by, you know by following your lead. I'm hoping that maybe other people can listen and think, oh, I didn't realise that actually I can sell plants safely. I say, honestly, the Facebook method did work really, really well. So so do explore that and make sure that, um, you know, you, if, you, if you've if you got some spare plants, honestly, they went like hotcakes. They really, really did. So, um, yeah, as, as I say, don't just look at it as a, as a way of thinking, oh, I, I need to donate. Do engage and see what other ways you can bring strength to these charities. So that's today's podcast. We hope you enjoy this shortened format and the look at our lives and our gardens. Hopefully you'll tune in again soon to hear about what we're up to.
0: We understand that for many life has changed in ways not imagined during the start of this year. Our thoughts especially go out to all our colleagues and peers in horticulture. They've been drastically affected and we hope that life will return and like all good plants flower again much better than before.
1: In the meantime, please do get out into your gardens, support your local small specialist nurseries and enjoy time out from this extraordinary shift in ordinary life.
0: Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye.